I don't want to be a bottleneck in the organization. And so I'm constantly trying to figure out ways to extract myself. And in fact, I was just telling someone yesterday that I think, you know, on my leadership team, I feel like everyone's smarter than me, right? I, I'm surrounding myself with people that are way smarter than me, have way more skills than I do. And my only skill is, is orchestrating. Um, I'm like the orchestra, you know, the orchestrator, and they're making the music. So that's kind of how I see it. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this special episode of CEO On The Go. What I really like about this episode in particular is that the CEO you'll hear from today is sharing insights that are a bit different compared to what you might typically associate with CEOs or leaders. For example, she doesn't consider herself to be all that busy. In fact, I don't think I've ever had a senior executive say that they don't consider themselves to be all that busy. Instead, she's extremely focused, staying out of the weeds and not being the bottleneck. She's not just creating a place to work where employees are productive to get the job done. She's creating a family-oriented culture and social network to attract and retain talent. She's not trying to buy more stuff like houses and cars. Instead, she wants to give back and make the world a better place. Her name is Hani Gluck, CEO of 4D Global, an offshore medical billing company that serves healthcare companies across the U.S. They help companies grow and scale their business by supplying them with experienced medical billers in India. They're on the path to get to 10,000 employees, successfully leveraging the global workforce. Hani was recognized on the 2021 Forbes Next 1000 list, along with other inspiring entrepreneurs and leaders who are redefining what it means to build and run a business today. One thing that struck me at the beginning of our conversation is that Hani acknowledges she views life through a different lens, not how it is, but how it should be. And I would add to that probably how it could be. I think that's an important entrepreneurial characteristic that helps drive top leaders who are growth-minded and purpose-driven like she is. I think each CEO I meet with and interview is inspiring in their own unique way. Hani is no exception. She will challenge the way you think, help you think bigger and differently about what's possible in your role and in your organization. And one question I invite you to ponder after you listen is who are the people in your life or organization that may be operating on empty love tanks that need to be filled? Enjoy my conversation with Hani Gluck. Hani, welcome to CEO On The Go podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thanks for having me. I thought you'd be the perfect person to bring in. As I mentioned to you, I'm around the 100th episode, and you have vast experience to share in your entrepreneurial experience. So I just wanted to draw on that. I know that you mentioned that you're on, uh, you have a sharp focus on growth right now, but if you could kind of give us the nutshell version of your experience. I know you've had multiple businesses uh, kind of where you are to set the stage for our conversation today. 
So first of all, congratulations on getting through 100 episodes. I know that as a podcaster myself, that is a tremendous accomplishment. So kudos to you. Thank you. So my entrepreneurial journey, um, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years now. I My first business, I started at 24 years old. It was a medical billing company. I grew that. I had that for 13 years. I sold that um, seven years ago and then started a Another company, it's an offshore operation called 4D Global, and we have a large team in India that services healthcare companies across the US. We're in 20 states right now across the country, and it's all about getting experienced people in India to do work for healthcare companies, medical billing work specifically for healthcare companies across the US. And so I knew I was an entrepreneur from a very young age. Um, I see the world as it should be and not the way it is. And I'm really passionate about changing the way business is done in Asia through our culture. We won our best place to work certification uh, this year. And so for me, I just, I have a goal. I have dreams. I have desires, ambitions, um, rallying my team behind what we want to do. And we're super focused. We are laser focused on what we have to do this year, this month, you know, this week. Um, And so, and I'm kind of there to help and support everybody, but it's almost like watching, watching your children grow up, you know, in that way. It's, it's almost like I can see how people on my team have been advancing and growing and it's just a beautiful thing. So my growth strategy is you know, we're looking to get to 10,000 employees um, and to do it all with an amazing culture and still being the best place to work. So that's where we're at. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And gosh, we could go on. I could ask you so many questions just about that alone, uh, because so many people want to know, how do you stay focused? Probably when you say you're laser focused and you help your team stay laser focused yet, I know you have other priorities too, like family and some other personal interests. So how, how do you achieve that? Is there something special that you do? Really is all about the people, right? It's about attracting the right talent, getting people bought into your vision. The people get excited and they're all, you know, part of this amazing vision. So it's not like I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting. People think, oh, you're a mom and you are running this company must be so busy. I don't feel like I'm all that busy. Um, I have a lot of free time. Um, I, I give myself a lot of space to think and to plan and to strategize. I don't get in the weeds. I trust my team. Um, they have direction. They know what they're supposed to do and they do it and they do it beautifully and they execute flawlessly. I don't want to be a bottleneck in the organization. And so I'm constantly trying to figure out ways to extract myself. And in fact, I was just telling someone yesterday that I think you know, on my leadership team, I feel like everyone's smarter than me, right? I, I'm surrounding myself with people that are way smarter than me, have way more skills than I do. And my only skill is is orchestrating. Um, I'm like the orchestra, you know, the orchestrator, and they're making the music. So that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, it's interesting. You say you're always looking for ways to extract yourself. You know, as opposed to other leaders, I see sometimes they're trying to insert themselves into the business and to micromanage and worry about how things are being done. So what a great example you're setting. But I'm sure that you've also had some tricky turning points or or specific challenges that you've learned from. So is there something that you could speak to that, you know, maybe an experience that stands out or a, a lesson that you've learned maybe through a more difficult time that hasn't gone so smoothly? 
Oh my gosh. There's so many. I think I could write a book about all the crazy things that have happened, but I would say, you know, the challenge is not knowing when to say no um, and what to say yes to, because as you continue to get more and more successful, people want a lot of your time and your time is your most valuable thing. And so I think it's, it's challenging to know where to put your energy and where to put your focus. Um, and you and I both know, like sometimes you say yes to something that you probably shouldn't have said yes to. And yes, only- we do. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I think, but as far as challenges, like a specific challenge that I've had um, recently, I would say sometimes you hire people, you have great ambitions for them. You see their potential sometimes they don't see the potential in themselves and and keeping certain people you know motivated i think and knowing when to let go and when to keep people knowing when you feel like you've you've done enough cuz i i really do believe that people have tremendous potential and i do everything that i can to cultivate potential um and i think as a leader sometimes you have to know when someone's pushing too hard um when someone either wants to, you know, because when you are the best place to work and you're creating a certain culture, people look at that and say, oh, she's so nice. Like everybody says to me, she's so nice. She's so nice. She's so nice. Well, you know, you have to know how to be firm and be nice at the same time. Right. And they have to know how to draw the boundaries and, you know, decide like, okay, this is as far as I'm going to go. And you know, not to take advantage of the situation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, You touched on culture. And I know a number of other guests I've had on this podcast talk about the culture that they're creating in their organizations. And like you, they they mentioned that as something that's uh, a key to their success. So I'm curious to know, A, how would you describe your culture? And B, what are you doing to help cultivate that? So I think specifically in India, there's a lot of command and control leadership it's it's really a lot like that very old school and i'm trying to bring a trust and inspire type of leadership to not only my own organization but to be a role model for companies all across asia for them to see you know how do you treat people um you know the sweatshop days are over nobody wants to be um micromanaged nobody wants to be talked down to people want to be treated with respect and so our culture, our core values are teamwork, respect, integrity, innovation, excellence, and growth. Um, and I think we embody those values. We hire on those values. We fire on those values. Um, we want excellence and we want high levels of, of, of integrity and all the stuff I mentioned. We realize that work is a lot you're at work more than you are at home. And so people join an organization for a number of reasons, but our company, our average age is we have a lot of 20 year olds. And so what's a 20 and 20 year olds. I mean, we have girls and guys, obviously, um, but we have a more, I think there's more men than women in, in the organization for whatever reason. And so we try to get into the mind of a, of a 25 year old male. Like, what does he want? He wants to meet people. He wants to have friends. He wants to meet his girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I have one do, of those. <laughs> <laughs> how do we create a situation where he could find his 
friend, family, and he could potentially meet his wife at work. And so we have fun Fridays. We create fun activities. We have an amazing cafeteria. So it's beautiful. It's, we've got a smoothie bar. I mean, we we, we give them free food. We have a gym. I mean, we have a lot of amenities at work to create this really great environment to them, for them to really be able to create their own family and their own social network. And so I think that's really important. Um, you know, Brene Brown talks a lot about belonging. Everybody has a core need to belong. We want to make our employees feel like they belong at the company, like they're, they matter. Um, I see you have work matters behind you. That's right? my business. Yes. <laughs> so everyone wants to matter and everyone wants to feel valued. And we do whatever we can with recognition, with awards, with all the different things I talked about to make people feel like they belong, they matter, they're valued. And we believe that if we put employees first, because a lot of organizations will put the customer first. And I believe in putting the employee first, because if the employee is happy and engaged, they'll treat your customers amazing. But I found that you know some customers could be abusive and they're not the right fit and they're not being respectful to our people. I'd let that customer go because I want my people to be treated well. So to me, it's the employee first. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I recently had a conversation with another, a senior executive in healthcare talking about the need to put more focus on the people who are delivering care, similar to what you're saying, you know, patient care will always be important, but they're really trying to put a a much stronger emphasis on the people who are delivering that care. So that's awesome. So, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, a number of values that are important in the company. And how do you get those to, to go beyond words that sound good? Do you talk about those values? Is it Does it start at the leadership team? I'm always curious to know, you know, how, how do you embody those values? What's the conversation happening? What, what's happening? So first of all, they're plastered all over the walls. So like you can't miss it because there's massive graphics and the words are all over the place. So that's number one. Um, we reward and incentivize based on, on our values. And so we recognize them. But another thing that we do, you know, we work, um, we chose an orphanage not far from our office and we work very closely with that orphanage. Every time I go to India, we do something awesome. We, we, we built a computer lab a couple of years ago and that really got them through COVID and the employees came and taught the kids how to use the computers. And it was really sweet. Um, we've, we just did something in February, we got everybody's shoes and sports equipment and all this stuff. And the second time we had to rent this massive bus because so many of our employees wanted to come and I'm going to be there in uh, two weeks from now. And we are doing this amazing makeover, um, the girls' rooms and the boys' rooms. It looked terrible. And I said, look, we're going to just make over this entire space. And so I think our employees see where our heart is, that we really do care, not just about them, but about the greater community. Um, And it's through actions of what we're doing by giving back. And um, they have all the perks of, of coming to work and they see how we treat them, but then also being able to really walk the walk and talk the talk and really be able to give back. Many CEOs will just take their profits and buy themselves more cars, more houses, more stuff. Um, I want to, I just want to give back and make this world a better place and inspire others to do the same. Yeah. I love that, of course. And and you're inspiring your team going, going for a purpose that's really beyond the business itself. So that's what it's all about. So I was curious to know perhaps what 
advice you could offer to other CEOs or leaders in organizations that would like to grow as as your organization has done, you know, some tips or practical advice? So I would say, you know, obviously finding talent is key. Delegating is key. Uh, Leading by example. People watch the way you act, the way you handle people. And I think it's all about leading leading with example, um, inspiring, trusting, and just continuous focus on the relationship. I mean, I have one-to-ones with my direct reports every single week. It's a time on the calendar and it's important. And I, I, I shut everything else off and I'm super focused on that conversation with that person because you always want to know where your people are at. You know what personal issues are they having? What what's going on in their lives? Because sometimes an employee could be an A player, and they can drift off, and you're like, "What's going on?" Well, maybe they have a sick parent. Maybe something's happening in their relationship, and it's all connected. And so, I find that really having that personal rapport with your leadership team, with the people that report to you, I think is is really key. I mean, there are so many things, but if I were just to say those few, I think that's you know super important. Yeah, when you have these these meetings one on one, the purpose is not a review. It's it's not to evaluate performance. It's strictly to check in and see how they're doing. Kind of an it sounds like it's more of an informal kind of conversation, a pulse check. Is that how you might describe it? Yeah, I would just say you know what's on your mind. What do you want to talk about today? How the kids? You know, and then I just let them go. And it's I I do more listening, less talking. Yeah, I love that. It's so simple. You know, this doesn't have to be complicated. I see a lot of executives overcomplicating, trying to come up with just the right questions and the structure and the process. And it's you know we're human beings, so just have a conversation. So a good book on that is uh, the Coaching Habit. I think yeah. it's like very clear, right? Yeah, that's a great resource. So um, you mentioned that you have kids, and I, you know, I don't want to ask the, the the tired question. How do you balance everything? But I, I was curious to know because we talked a little bit before we recorded today. Your perspective on kind of where where these different priorities fit in. So can you can you speak to that kind of what your priorities are, how you manage all of that? So for me, you know, my I, I approach my parenting a lot like I do the business, and I know that sounds terrible, but. I look at the things that I can delegate in parenting and the things that I cannot be delegated. And to me, the love and attention, I need to give that to my kids. And so I schedule, like I do with my employees, a one-to-one, and we call it mommy time with I have four kids. And so they get one kid gets Monday, one kid gets Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And after school, it's our time and they can do whatever we want on that one-on-one time. And I think that this is why I have very well-behaved kids. I find that when they don't call it a love tank, when their love tank is on empty, that's when the acting out happens. That's when the uh, temper tantrums happen, all that stuff. But I find that if I put aside, and it doesn't have to be a lot of time, it could even be 30 minutes of just real focus time, shut the phone, shut everything off, but be super focused on what's going on in their lives, what they want to talk about. To me, that's key. And obviously putting them to bed and taking them to school. So that's like my mom thing. And I do this, you know, my husband too, we have our date night. Um, I think if it's not so much quantity, it's really a lot about quality for me. And so that's really how I balance my kids. I, I give them what they need emotionally, but I'm not 
involved in laundry, cleaning the house, <laughs> cooking, like that's out of my domain. I don't get involved in that area because I could have people do that for me. I don't need to do that. Like they, they don't need, doesn't matter who cooked the food. Right. Right. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And to your point, you know, you said you manage your, your family a lot, like your business employees have love tanks too. may not refer to them quite that way, but it's, it's so true. Well, before we wrap up, I was just curious to know what you're most excited about now. Is there something specific that in terms of, of your growth that you see on the horizon? Like what lights you up now when you think about your business and where you're headed next? So I'm I'm right at the, you know, planning stages of my India trip. I'll be there in two weeks. So I'm like super excited about this trip. I have an amazing two weeks planned over there. We are having a beach resort vacation for our leadership team. We're flying in, you know, our our sales team uh, to come join us from the US. And this is the first time they're going to be meeting our India team. I have a new high-level operations person joining me um, and that's I'm onboarding him. Um, So I'm really excited about getting the team together, getting us aligned, and also like building, you know, continuing to build on our already amazing relationship. So that's in the short term. I'm looking forward to that. Long term, that is like the building blocks and the, the the foundation of just being able to just get on this growth. I mean, we just won the we were on the Inc. 5000s um, as the fastest growing company. Congratulations. We, yeah. 147%. And so I want to continue building on that momentum. I feel like we're in a really great place. And now really it's just about continuing to, to climb and, and enjoying the journey while we do it. It's not about the destination. I'm all about the journey um, because every day is fun and exciting and new and there's a challenge, but then there's a solution. And it just makes life fun, enjoyable, and exciting. And I just, I love this life. And I do feel like I'm living my best life. Uh, that's amazing. That's a that's a wonderful point to end on. So Hani, I can't thank you enough for just sharing a few insights with me and with our audience today, knowing how busy you are clearly, and uh, just congratulate you on all the success that you've had. And, and again, for just sharing your insights with me today. Before I wrap up, is there a certain way that people can reach out to you? Let them know what's going on and the best way to connect with you. Okay. So I you can find me on LinkedIn, Hani Gluck, C-H-A-N-I-E-G-L-U-C-K. On LinkedIn is my, is my place. Um, I have two podcasts. I have a growing global podcast, which uh, is focused on entrepreneurs that are leveraging the global economy. So people that I um, enjoy speaking with that light me up, um, I have them on that podcast. And then I have a podcast that we recently, recently launched called Leaders in Medical Billing, which is really speaking to my audience that I serve. Specific industry. Yeah. So check those out. Yeah. Great. Well, Hani, again, thank you so much for joining me. It's been great to speak with you and, and hear the success that you've had knowing it. Like I said, it will help so many people who are listening in today. I wish you the best. Thank you so much. This is fun. Good. And for everyone else listening in, I hope you have a great rest of the week doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, 
keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.